Hey everyone and welcome to the Greater Than Podcast. My name is Elijah Merle. So honored and blessed you took out the time to join us again today. Whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Breaker, uh, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, what all the platforms, Pandora, uh, wherever you're listening, man. We're so honored and blessed that you've taken out the time to click play on another episode of the Greater Than Podcast. Today, I say it all the time, but we're in for a treat. Uh, my uh, friend and, and someone that the Lord had, had the honor and privilege of serving under, after I served under Jeremy and Sarah Pearsons, I would then serve under this ministry and what the Lord has here. Uh, whether you realize it or not, you're in for a treat. And the Spirit of God is going to help us and meet us. Uh, Pastor William Gibbons. Pastor William, how are you, sir? I am doing well, sir. How are you? I am well. The Lord is good. So we've got a good podcast, a good time in the Word and in fellowship. Pastor William, would you pray over us and then uh, just go with it, however the Spirit of God would lead you, sir? Amen. Father, we thank you for uh, this day, this time. We thank you for this podcast. We thank you for Brother Elijah and the great work that you're doing in his life, in and through him and, and through this ministry, this podcast. We pray great grace would be upon us all. We love you, Lord, and uh, we say thank you for loving us. And we pray that you'd bless the ears that hear, that we'd have a, a great and wonderful and glorious time. Give us eyes that see, ears that hear, and hearts that understand so that we might know and grow into all the things you call us to. We love you, and we say thank you for loving us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Man, I tell you what, that train was filling the temple as Pastor William was praying there, I tell you. Man, oh, man. Amen. All right, go ahead, Pastor William. Do what the Lord put on your heart, sir. Oh, man. Brother Elijah, I tell you, man, one thing that the Lord has been stirring up in my heart um, recently has been this idea of supply. We were in church on a couple of Sundays ago, and um, the Lord said something to me. He said, uh, this week I want to I want you to give me control of the service. Let Let me have the service. And I wanted to shout and say amen, but I thought, you know, who had control over the service last week, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I said, all right, Lord, we can do that. And during that service, particularly towards the end, uh, what the Lord later said to me, he said, uh, why don't you let the people be the preachers today? And so I said, okay. And so I pe- prepared some appetizers and things like that for, for them, sure. you know, give them some food for thought. And uh, towards the end of the service, I began to say, you know, when you come to service, I'm not sure when I'll do this again, but bring your supply, bring your supply, bring your supply. And at the end of the service, my wife said, if you're going to talk to the people about bringing supply, you need to teach on what it means to have a supply. And so, man, I, I sat with that word for a little bit and the Lord began to teach me on what it means to to have a supply and to mm-hmm. bring my supply. Right. And uh, and so as as uh, the, the Lord began to minister to me concerning that, um, I, I you know, we, we've read Ephesians chapter four, verse 11. It says, uh, and he gave some apostles and some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and some teachers. And so we know that fivefold ministry gift there. And uh, and it says here in verse 12, it says for the perfecting of the saints. Or if you look up that in the Greek there, you'll see that uh, that means to equip. And so these fivefold ministry gifts here are, are here to equip. And uh, and so that's that's a good thing. It's a wonderful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Um, but, you know, the leaders only make up a small percentage of the body. And so if you think about the book of Acts in chapter six, when after 3000 people have gotten saved, they come to the 12 apostles and they say, hey, we got some widows over here that they need feeding that they're they're being neglected. Let's say it's a uh, hundred of them, 200, maybe 12 of them. Who knows? What if it's even a thousand of them? Right. 
All right. And so they come to the apostles and they say, hey, we got a problem. Here. We need this fixed. It's like and then the apostles come back and say, you know, it's unreasonable for us to turn our hearts away from what God has called us to do. There's three thousand of you. Can't you take care of these ladies, uh, these widows here? And so my, my thought was, if the if the if the leadership is only made up of these people here, what is the rest of the body to do? Mm hmm. All right, we 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 got this down. We've we've been taught this, and we've been taught this Ephesians four well. You know, we don't leave out anybody because all five of these it says for the perfecting of the saints talks about growing up and things like that. And so, if we're gonna grow up the way God calls us to grow up, we need apostles as much as we need evangelists, as much as we need pastors, <laughs> yeah. as much as we need them all, right? Mm -hmm. And so we we gotta have them all. And so we we respect that and we honor that. But what about everybody else? What what is the the role? Oh man, can I take a, a go ahead, go two ahead. minute, you know, yeah, trail here? So, I think it's important when we're talking about these five folk for for all of those who fit into that area there to recognize when the scripture says here, hey, we are to equip. That's important. I think about first in the book of Exodus when uh, Jethro is talking to Moses and he says, hey, you be Godward for the people. And so if I'm going to come to church on a Sunday morning, then I have to make sure that before I showed up at the church on Sunday morning, that I'd been Godward for the people on behalf of the people. And, you know, Moses, before that uh, moment in time there, he was sitting there listening to everything everybody had to say. The scripture says from sun up to sundown, right? And uh, Jethro said, well, that ain't good. Man, you're going you're gonna to kill yourself is, is what's going to happen here. And uh, and so it doesn't necessarily mean I'm hearing all the ins and the outs, but I'm going to Father. I'm going to the source and figuring out where he would steer the ship for my people, and then I come and bring that to the people. I'm Godward for the people. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the scripture goes on to say, too, there in that uh, Acts chapter 6, he said, uh, it's unreasonable for us to do this. We must devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word so we're going to be godward for the people we're going to have spent some time in prayer and we're going to make ministering the word of god a big thing and then of course my personal favorite peter says uh, in second peter chapter two there as long as i'm in this body i'm gonna stir you up mm -hmm. by placing you in remembrance what you already know but you were here when jesus was teaching and preaching you know good stuff there's revelation on the inside of you but if i'm fitting in this fivefold when i show up here i'm gonna remind you of what you already know <laughs> jesus came to heal you he came to make you whole but jesus came alone he set your mama free your daddy free sister free cousin free everybody got free you know you get in him you're supposed to be free that's the way the system is set up to me and so i simply need to stir you up man he stirred himself <laughs> up that's what he did stirred his own self up amen 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 and so man glory to god and blessings be to him for that and so we're going to equip the people we got to make sure that we're godward for the people we're devoting ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word and stirring the people up right yes, sir mm -hmm. and so we get that but what about everybody else that's showing up to church how does everybody else that's how we as fivefold bring our supply how does everybody else bring their supply well in this first scripture as the lord began to minister this to me um is in uh saint john chapter 4 22 23 and uh, jesus says these words he says the time is coming and it now is when they that worship the father must worship him in spirit and truth mm -hmm. for this is for uh the father seeks such in order to worship him i like to be so bold as to say it like this there's only one way to worship the father mm -hmm. there's only one way mm -hmm. one way and that's in spirit and in truth 
Now that has a whole bunch of different expressions, right? Sure, but if we're sure. going to do it like Jesus said, do it, we must do it in spirit and in truth. And so then the question is, is how is it that we get to that place of worshiping in spirit and truth? Well, my goodness, there's, there's, there's so much, so much there, but I want to jump to this, uh, this, this sweet spot here. First uh, Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 26. Ah. If when we show up to church, uh, to a convention, to a meeting, uh, we trust that, you know, whether it's a Brother Copeland meeting, a Brother Moore meeting, a Brother uh, Elijah meeting, no matter whose meeting it is, that we, we trust that the ministers and the leaders, everybody sitting in that five-fold category, they're going to bring their supply. Mm-hmm. We talked about how we do that. But. I believe with all my heart that God is calling for everybody that sits in the pew, in the seat, in the whatever it is to bring their supply with them as well. Yeah. The pastor, the the preacher, the teacher, the apostle, the prophets aren't the only ones who are who are called to bring a supply to the service. Mm-hmm. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26. Uh, it reads here, and after I read it, I want to go from the bottom to the top. It says, how then, how is it then, brethren, when you come together, you know, I still like King James, too. I get excited yeah, about yeah, King yeah. Jimmy. Uh, how is it Jimmy. then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you has a song, a doctrine, a tongue, a revelation, an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. And so we'll start right there. You know, it said in verse 12 of Ephesians 4, we have the fivefold here. And the purpose here is to equip. And then we read these things here. And then he ends here. He says the purpose here is to edify. And so as a, as a fivefold ministry leader, the Lord has graced me and gifted me to equip the body. But the the body also has a, a, a grace and a gifting to equip and to heal and to minister to and to take care of itself. And the scripture says that these things are giving for edifying. So mm-hmm. the leaders are to equip. The body is to edify. <laughs> Man. If you knew where I was going, you'd be so excited right now. Glory to God. And so we have here, uh, Paul says it again. We start back at the top of the verse here. It says, how then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you ought to have something. Yep. You come to church on Sunday. You gathering together with another brother or another sister in any capacity. You ought to have something. That's right. Every one of you has a song, number one, a doctrine, number two, a tongue, number three, a revelation, number four, an interpretation, number five. Now, I thought it pretty interesting that there were five components here, exactly like there is uh, with the fivefold ministry giftings here. And, uh, and so I like to call it the fivefold lay ministry giftings, right? Right here, man. It's exciting mm-hmm. things. He said, when you show up, you should have a song. You should have a doctrine or word. You should have a tongue. You should have a revelation or you should have an interpretation. Every time you show up to a service, you all not show up empty handed. Jesus says, if you're going to take some time out to worship father, you ought to make sure you're worshiping him in spirit and truth. 
And Paul said, if you're going to show up to worship him, and, and I believe if we're going to do this with our whole heart, if we're going to do this in spirit and truth, we ought to have something when we show up to worship. Here, he says, a song, mm -hmm. a doctrine, a tongue, a revelation, and interpretation. Mm -hmm. Any time we're gathering together, again, whether it's worship on a Sunday morning or whether it's a meeting, we're showing up to service as 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 lay ministry persons born again, baptized in the Holy Ghost. Glory be to God. You ought to show up to church with something. You say, Pastor, I ain't got a song. That's all right. You ought to have a revelation, a tongue, an interpretation, or something. My goodness. I, I, I'm simply convinced, and then I'll move on here. I'm simply convinced that, that God hadn't gone a whole week without speaking to us. That's right. You get saved, you got born again, you spent your whole, God's been, yeah, let's say, it took me 18, 19, 20 years to get it right. God's doing everything he could do to get to me, to speak to me. Yeah, he already wants to spend all of eternity with me, right? And so I, I know that now, right? Do you think he waited 20 years to talk to me and then all of a sudden I got saved, I got born again and he never talked to me again? No, he's been waiting too long to talk to me every day, every moment of every day. And so I believe with all my heart, uh, uh, from Sunday to Sunday, from meeting to meeting, God has said something. Yeah, that's good, right. And we ought to show up with that something when we show up to the meeting, when we show up to the service now <laughs> again i want to go from the bottom to the top he says when you show up to the service when you show up to the meeting you ought to have an interpretation and i want to talk about this the way the lord spoke to me right and so i can look at the greek words and all of these things and and think about how i was taught about it in seminary and all of that good stuff but the lord gave this to me in plain talk and so, you know, I sharing with your people, your listeners, I want to share it in the same plain talk. The Lord gave it to me. If that's sure, all right. sure, sure. All right. And so interpretation. You show up at the church. He says, have an interpretation. And um, for me, when I think about this, the way the way uh, the Lord gave it to me is uh, uh, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Mm hmm. The Ethiopian eunuch, he's been in Jerusalem. He's heading back home. He's on his chariot. And the Lord tells Philip, tells Philip to go to this town. And on the way, he sees the Ethiopian eunuch in the chariot. And the Lord says, join yourself to him. And so when he does that, he hops into the chariot. And the guy begins to tell him about uh, what he's reading in Isaiah. And the Ethiopian eunuch, he says, now, is this guy referring to himself or another? And Philip says, my. God, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's something y'all take the time to read, right? It's a, it's a beautiful story there. But the scripture says that Jesus, uh, Pete, Philip, at that particular moment began at the point at which the Ethiopian unit began to read. And from that point, he began to tell him about how all of that had to do with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so he interpreted to him what he had read in Isaiah. Right. And so for me, I like to call it a Jesus interruption. <laughs> and in this Jesus and interpretation, I like to see it as a Jesus interruption. And a Jesus interruption is is listening to someone's life, listening to someone's story, listening to what someone has read in Scripture and then telling them, letting them know, defining for them where Jesus intersects. God. 
So, so here's the thing. He's been reading. He's reading. He's excited about what he's reading here in Isaiah, but he doesn't get it. And But he doesn't get it because he's missing the point, and the point is Jesus. And there's all of us who's been through certain things in life, different things in life, and we didn't quite get it. But once we recognize that God was on the move throughout the entire thing of the thing, it makes sense suddenly. There's a peace that overcomes us. There's a Jesus interruption or the point at which Jesus intersects in the story. And so when we show up to church or to the meeting or to the service, we ought to have a point at which we can share with somebody. And we can say, hey, we were going through life, but Jesus interrupted. Oh, this sickness was happening, but Jesus interrupted. I'm telling you uh, 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 this this debt or this bill came up but Jesus interrupted all of these things were happening in my life but Jesus interrupted the situation and that point at which Jesus interrupts or intersects in my life things happen mm-hmm. <laughs> and so whether it's something I see in scripture or something that's happening in my life, this interpretation here, this place at which Jesus intersects or what I call a Jesus interruption here, this is what we call an interpretation. And so when I show up to church, whether I got, whether I'm fivefold ministry or not, I'll have an interpretation. But it's okay, you know. You you know who knows how long it had been uh, before or since that Ethiopian eunuch had uh, had read something and, and and run into this situation here. Not everybody shows up to every service with an interpretation is what I'm trying to say. Sure, sure, yeah. But the Lord gives us a way out, you know. He said, if you don't have an interpretation, you ought to have a revelation. <laughs> you say, what, what's, a, what's a revelation here? And uh, the, the revelation, when I look at revelation, the way the Lord said it to me was, you know, uh, you get the book of Acts, and uh, Jesus says, you go to the upper room. They go there. They sit there for a while. They're hanging out. And while they're hanging out, they're uh, getting on one accord. Uh, scripture says of, of one heart and one soul, and uh, all of a sudden, my God, and we got to think about this too, man. If 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 a hundred and twenty people getting on one accord can cause the spirit of the living God to change His residence from heaven to earth. We have to begin to understand, appreciate, and value a whole lot more the power of unity and of oneness and of coming together and being of one heart, one soul, and one mind. My God, it's yeah. a it's a powerful thing, right? And so, sure enough, they're they're here. The Spirit comes, and uh, he he's he's on all of them, and they begin to to speak in other tongues, and uh, all the people are talking about them, saying, "You know, man, these these guys are drunk." And Peter comes out, he says, "Oh no." They're, they're, they're not drunk. They're not drunk as you suppose. He says, he says, this is as the prophet Joel said. You know, in the last days, God's pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. And I got to take a moment here because this is a beautiful thing, man. It, he says, upon all flesh, sons and daughters, young and old, rich and poor, slave and free, male and female, everybody everybody's getting the spirit of God poured out on them in, in, in fresh new ways. In, in these last days, we're going to begin to see a, a landslide of salvations. And, and it makes sense then that God would pour out his spirit on, on people and in places. It's like that Syrophoenician woman. You know, the scripture talks about it. Jesus says, you know, <clears throat> it's not a just thing or a right thing to give, give bread to the dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Syrophoenicians are, are living like dogs, but I'm telling you what, if you can find one, 
full of faith in these last days, God's pouring out his spirit. Because there's a bunch of dog living people that need to get saved, born again, and catch Jesus on his way out. His spirit is being poured out everywhere. You're going to begin to see it in kids, man, because yep. the, the, those kids need to be born again before Jesus gets back. Oh, I'm the, don't be surprised when revival starts to break out in the nursing home. He can't yep. leave out the elderly because I'm telling you, in these last days, landslide of salvations, man. People getting born again left and right. I'm telling you, they'll bat their eyes and glory be to God. You got to show up for them. They get saved born again. I'm, it's it's going to start to happen. But back to the Acts here. Peter says, this is exactly what Joel prophesied in Joel chapter 2. And he began to reveal unto them what was already written in Scripture. And so that's a revelation. You may see something that someone else hadn't seen. People are or living life and interpreting life based on what they're seeing with their natural eyes. But then somebody comes along and say, hey, man, this was this isn't what it looks like on the surface. But I'm telling you, God is really um, God is really in motion here behind all of these things here. And so you either have number one, that interpretation or number two, that revelation. You're able to see something in Scripture that the natural eye doesn't see. And he said, so show up with an interpretation, a place at which Jesus interrupted or intersected in your life or hear a revelation where you see something that isn't seen with the natural eye on the surface right off, right? And he said, but if you don't have one of those things, you ought to have a tongue. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I'm so excited right now. Brother Elijah, can I pause for a moment? Go, go ahead and pause. Thank you. Thank you for having me here today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I am blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed to be in your presence. I'm blessed to be on the podcast. I'm blessed by the work that you're doing, man. It's a a wonderful thing. Uh, A tongue here. Um, And, you know, we we know what that is. I got to looking at that because I wanted it to, I mean, you've you've been in my context. We have to figure out how to break that thing down so that people can chew it, right? And so I got to looking at that for, I mean, as, as, as basic as I could possibly break that down. And the thing I ran into as I began to do that when I was looking up this word tongue and in the Greek and all the different things there, and what I saw was divine speech. (laughs) <laughs> in in other words, when we when we show up at church, we ought to leave our opinions home. That's good. You know, you ever you ever um, you ever witness? I I I don't think I've known you to do this particular night in church. And uh, but you ever witnessed uh, somebody coming along to church and they say, "Uh, how you doing?" You know, you you either got the "Oh, bless, brother, everything's fine." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Life's falling apart, but hey, hey, as long yeah, as you yeah, ask yeah, me yeah, the question, yeah. I'm blessed and I'm fine. But then you got on the on the other hand of that, you know, oh well, my rents due, my light bill due. Rona got me here. This going on. Kids ain't going back to school. Woe is me. Everything's bad in the world, right? And uh, and so you, you, you're watching, and one person, person A says that, and then person B looks at him and says, oh, yes, sister, I know it, man. The devil's done, done this to me, and he did that to me, did this other to my kids, and all that. There ain't no divine speech in that. Yeah. When we're talking about a tongue, we're talking God talk. We're talking about some faith. Somebody at some point is going to have to remind the situation that God is real. Jesus had to remind that fig tree that father, his words were bigger than the fig tree. Yeah. He even later went on to say those same words in you full of faith are bigger than that mountain. So at some point when we're hearing all of these words, all of the back and forth, all of the stuff that 
that seems to be more real and bigger than anything in life, including God, we need some divine speech. We need some God talk. Man, I'm telling you what, man, when a tough situation comes into my life, I want to put some God talk on it. They say, oh, the rent's due. Well, my goodness, the rent was due last week and God took care of it. Mm -hmm. You say, you say this thing is going on and that thing is going on. Man, here is a reality, Brother Elijah. There isn't one of us, not you, not me, not any of the listeners, who are going through anything at this particular moment. I'm telling you, way back when the scripture says there's nothing new under the sun. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that we find ourselves going through at this moment in time that God in our own lives or in the lives of somebody else hadn't already taken care of before. Mm -hmm. There's already a testimony about the thing we're going through right now. It it, it already exists. So we need to remind ourselves, man, let me tell you what, you're talking about your job. Last time I was going through a job situation, my boss wished he had gotten on this train earlier than he did because God took care of him and it took care of me too, man. I'm telling you what, I'm better off now than I was before. Mm -hmm. I believe he'll do the same thing for you. There it is. God's a good God. This is God's speech. Mm-hmm. Some divine talk. My God. I think in our churches we could use some divine, a little bit more divine talk. Sure could. <laughs> Woo. All right. He said, come to church, have an interpretation, have a revelation, have a tongue or a doctrine or, or a word, I like to call it. And when I think about uh, this word, word here or this doctrine here, Oh, and looking looking through that too, it's uh, it's a word that God teaches, mm-hmm. and and so when I'm when I'm thinking about that man, I actually I was minding my own business, uh, praying pray, praying in the Holy Ghost like Brother Davidson praying in the Holy Ghost, minding my own business, and uh, the Lord began to remind me of Brother Stephen, and how Stephen, he all all Stephen is doing is recounting a little bit of Genesis. <laughs> and I'm not sure how much more scripture he has beyond that point, but uh, maybe those first five books there, and, and he's recounting that. You know, I read the story of, uh, of, of, of Stephen right before he's stoned, and I think, well, glory to God, I had a good Sunday school teacher. I'm not sure about you, but I learned a lot of those good things in Sunday school. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one thing here, Brother Elijah. Yeah, not only did he learn these uh, these truth in Sabbath school, God had taught him something. <laughs> and so uh, when, when Stephen is recounting what he's read in Genesis, Exodus, Deuteronomy, those books there, uh, those books of the law there, what he's recounting these things, he's not simply uh, uh, resuscitating something that the Sabbath school teacher taught him, but he's recounting before the Sanhedrin council what God has taught him while he's read it. <laughs> and the scripture says not even the Sanhedrin could could gainsay the wisdom that was on the inside of it. When he began to talk to them what God had spoken to him, nobody didn't know what to say. <laughs> it's, 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 it's like that time when you read that scripture, you know, by his stripes, we are healed. Right? And so we read that. That was, that was real. And we believed it. And, uh, um, it, it was it was good stuff, but one day, oh, I'll tell you what it was for me. 
you know, I read the scripture. I, when I was in seventh grade, sixth or seventh grade, I, uh, I'm, I'm in school. I'm in eighth grade. I graduated to the big boy academy, right? I'm in eighth grade. And the teacher says, how many of you know the scripture, John 3.16? We had a couple of kids in the, uh, in the classroom raise their hands. And I didn't know what John 3.16 said. And she didn't get 100% participation. And she said, it won't be said <laughs> that anybody went beyond my classroom not knowing John 3.16. And so she spent time writing John 3.16 on the board until everybody in that class knew what John 3.16 said. So by the time I left eighth grade, I knew what John 3.16 said. Now, when I was a freshman in college, now, my eighth grade teacher told me that God so loved the world. When I was in college, I'm reading that, and God said, I love you, William. <sighs> See, it, it went from words on a chalkboard originally. I know she got out of the scripture, but for me, it was words on a chalkboard to words God spoke to me in my heart. And so, yes, I know God came to die. Jesus came and died to, to, to save the world. But I'm telling you, there was a day when I realized that he died to save William, me, right? And that changed everything. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something that my eighth grade teacher taught me versus when God taught me. Now, God was using my eighth grade teacher way sure. back then, right? But when I heard it for God, from God, for myself, it changed everything. Sure. And I'm telling you, Stephen had heard these words. I'm sure of it. In Sabbath school, they taught him good. But when he heard God speak those words and he began to tell the people, the Sanhedrin council, what God had said to him, man, it, it shook the whole place, right? It's a word, a doctrine, a teaching, something God taught you. Show up to church, he says, with this divine God interruption where Jesus intersects in life. Show up with a revelation, something that the natural eye doesn't see, but if we wait upon the Lord, my God, something we 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 see in him where there's this, this divine speech. I say, oh, I'm going to come with an encouraging word. Paul says, I would that you all prophesy. Everybody ought to be encouraging somebody, right? I'm going to come with this encouraging word. And and and, and if not that, I'm going to come. I'm going to come with a word, something God has taught me. You know, we, we, we're reading our, our chapter a day. And so when I'm reading that, I'm trusting God to speak to me right and so it's not enough for me to simply as as one of the fivefold say it's enough for me to 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 look at the word only to preach i need to be fed personally in my heart right and so when i'm reading my chapter today i'm looking for god to talk to me for me right and so if i'm falling into this uh fivefold lay ministry gifting here uh, i'm looking for this word something that god has given me and i want to be able to share that word with someone else you know, that word, that doctrine that that uh, that God has given me may become a tongue, may become some expired speech for me to give to someone else. But my my last and personal favorite here, he says, if you don't have an interpretation or a revelation or a tongue or a doctrine, you ought to have a song. And I'm telling you what, this this ain't got nothing to do with what the choir singing. Mm -hmm. And uh, the same way the word ain't got nothing to do with what the preacher's preaching. Right. And so uh, if, if back to what Jesus says in John chapter four, he says, you show up to worship the father. You ought to show up to worship him in spirit and truth. 
we show up to a service, it's a good thing to show up to hear a good word, to give a good offering, to sing a good song. But I, I'm telling you what, it, it has to be more than that now. We got to show up with supply. God wants to use us to edify somebody else in the body. He wants to do work. He says, I'm talking to you. I've spoken to you. I've worked in your life to some degree. You have an interpretation in you. You have a revelation in you. You have a tongue in you. You have a word in you. If you don't have either one of those, you have a song. Everybody has a song. <laughs> I remember one day, man, I was at my lowest of low, and I didn't know what else to do. So I started to sing a song. And they told me, person I was talking to, they said, stop singing. I said, you can't take my song, too. <laughs> <laughs> If everything else is gone, but you can't take my song. Glory <laughs> be to God. I'm going to sing my heart's content. I'm going to come up out of this situation. And uh, I'm going to do it with my song. And so my question was to the Lord was, what, what, is, what is a song? Is this, you know, a good praise band? Or, or even one of those good old Wesley hymns, right? Just as I am. Without one plea or blessed assurance, Jesus is mine, you know, or amazing grace. It's it's more than that. Yep. So so what what is it? What 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 is this this song? My God. Whew. And so this is the way the Lord ministered to me. I was reading through uh, uh, scripture and I read where uh, the Lord goes to uh, Elizabeth's husband, Ezekiel, since Gabriel. And so Gabriel's in there talking to uh, uh, Zechariah, right? Mm -hmm. Zechariah, mm -hmm. yeah. And, uh, and so he's talking to Zechariah, and Zechariah doesn't really believe everything the Lord is saying and uh, <laughs> Gabriel is saying. Um, and so he, you know, he can't talk for a little bit, but somehow, some way, he was able to talk to uh, his wife, Elizabeth, about what the Lord said. And so she shared, he shared that with her. And, um, and so Elizabeth believes she's going to have a boy and his name's going to be John. And, uh, and then uh, between the time of her uh, conceiving and that baby being born, uh, the angel of the Lord shows up at Mary's house. And, uh, and he says to her some pretty good news. And, uh, and Mary says, how are these things going to be so? And he says, the spirit of the Lord is going to come upon you. And Mary said, be it unto me as you have spoken. And boy, Gabriel gets excited. And he says, oh, yeah, by the way, your Aunt Elizabeth, she's having a baby, too. <laughs> you, this is my paraphrase. Mm -hmm. You might want to go see her. And Elizabeth said, "Glory to God!" Packed up everything, went to Elizabeth's house. She gets to Elizabeth's house. You know, the scripture says about Elizabeth, and you know, she was up in age a bit. And I like the way the scripture says about her. It says, "It says the woman who was barren." My God, 
I believe that the Lord is doing some things in the life of your listeners, brother Elijah, and the and the testimony is going to be about them and the man who was broke, yeah, and the yeah. woman who was poor, and the and the man who was sick, and the person who had the disease. Oh, but it, it, you got to notice the was because when God said the woman who was buried, you can be assured that now she has a baby. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, so yeah, yeah, if, yeah. if he's saying the man that was sick, you can be assured that there's healing that's taking place now. The woman who was poor, you can sure be assured that prosperity is the reality right now. <laughs> man, the Lord's doing some great things. <laughs> I get excited about this. Thing. Oh, man, I couldn't tell. <laughs> I couldn't tell. <laughs> and I'm almost done here, man. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, she shows up at, uh, Mary shows up at, at Elizabeth's house and uh and you know with elizabeth being being up in age a bit i i'm not i'm not sure if uh if that baby john hadn't moved in a while or, or what if she was a little bit nervous but when john on the inside of that womb met Jesus for the first time, who was on the inside of the womb, the scripture says John leaped on the inside of Elizabeth. And boy, that got Elizabeth so stirred up, so happy, so full of the Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit inspired. She says, hey, listen, now I'm blessed because God is doing something in me, but you need to know blessed is the woman who heard the words of God, because her husband didn't, right? Blessed mm -hmm, is the mm -hmm. woman who heard the words of God and believe them. Glory be to God. And all of a sudden, glory to God, a new song rises up on the inside of Elizabeth. And I, and I, I like it because some of the first words in that, that, that song that, excuse me, in Mary, that uh, Mary sings there is uh, she says, you remember your servant who was of a low estate. And my God, I got to thinking about that because I can remember, you know, I grew up battling with depression, man. My goodness. I want to tell you something, man. The, the, the primary reason that I gave my heart to Jesus was because the day came when I realized that the power of God in me was more powerful than the spirit of depression that had been on me. Mm hmm. When, that, when the power of Jesus lifted depression, I said, man, I hadn't found anything that was stronger than that spirit of depression that was on my life. But when I found Jesus, my goodness, I realized he was stronger and he was bigger. Glory to God. And so when Mary saw, realized that there was someone who saw her, uh, when she saw herself as lowly, but the Lord saw her as somebody. <laughs> when 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 she realized that God saw her better than she saw herself, a song came up on the inside of her. When when she recognized that God would be faithful to do exactly what he said he would do, a song was birthed on the inside of her spirit. And it doesn't matter that the song had never been written. It didn't matter that the song had never been sang. When she realized that God was strong, a, a new song came up on the inside. Reminds me of Hannah. Man, my mm -hmm. God, she's out there weeping in front of the in front of the temple there. The Elijah, Elijah the, the prophet says, get your drunk self off the, the church property. 
And she said, oh, no, I'm not drunk. I'm believing God, and I'm pouring out my heart. Well, be it unto you, woman, and glory to God. She gives birth to Samuel when I'm telling you what, and she starts to sing a brand-new song because she realized that God would be faithful to his word. She realized that God could do what man couldn't do because she'd been putting pressure on her husband, and she found out he couldn't do it. But when she found out that God was bigger than man, glory to God, her husband was a big man, an important man, a man with resources a man with finances, but he still couldn't do what she wanted done. When she found out that God was bigger than man, a new song came up on the inside of her, and she began to sing that song. It doesn't matter that it hadn't been written. Yep. Doesn't matter that it hadn't been sang. Man, it came up on the inside of her, and God says, you show up to church, you ought to show up with a song. You ought to show up with a word. You ought to show up with a tongue. You ought to show up with a revelation. You ought to show up with an interpretation something because I can assure you from the last time you were in service to the next time you're going to be in service, God will do something in your life. Mm -hmm. God has done something. Yep. He's spoken something. He's turned something around. He's done something unexpected. God's a good God. And I'm telling you, he's an ever present God. He's always with us. And so we can be assured that he's working something in our lives, man. And so it is important for not only the ministers and leaders and the preachers and the teachers, the apostles and the prophets to show up to a service fully supplied, but it is high time for us as believers of the body. Every time we show up to worship, we show up to worship in spirit and truth, and we show up with a song. We show up with a word. We show up with a tongue. We show up with a revelation, or we show up with an interpretation. I see you flipping through some scriptures. Uh -oh. So I want to hear what you got to say here now. I got maybe one more thing if time permits, but otherwise you go ahead, brother, and then I'll bring my last thing if we got some time to do it. My turn. All right. <laughs> Amen, brother. So 1 Corinthians 14, long about here, verse 12. Uh, he said, uh, you know, we, we've been talking about it. If you don't know it by now, then I don't know what you've been listening to. You have some rap music playing in the background or something. You need to turn that off. But here what he says here, every, every one of you got something. You know, Brother Hagen, Dad Hagen used to talk about, he would have certain services where he would just say, all right, what do you got? Talking mm -hmm. to the congregation. Somebody has a song. Somebody has something. But that wasn't, that wasn't necessarily the norm, but he had services like that. And that's the same thing with Pastor William. It's not a norm that he would have some people come. And I've been, I was at the church for a year. That's not a norm, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but right then and there in that season, it's, it's important to know the plan and purpose and pursue that. Amen. So that the Lord is leading for that to happen in a service. Uh, but, you, but you always come with something. Amen. You may not always give it, but it's important to have it. Amen. Here's what he says. All of you have this. Here's what I like to say. He, what, 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 what chapter is this? 14. Okay, well, what comes, before, what comes before 14? Well, 13. Great, that's awesome too. But what comes before 13? 12. And what does 12 talk about? The gifts of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So in other words, he's saying all of you got the uh, gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All of you, because the gifts of the Holy Spirit is not listed just for these ministry gifts. Mm -hmm. Yes, they flow in it. It's an, it's an indication like miracles uh, in particular. Miracles are simply credentials to show forth that I'm from God and this is from God. Mm -hmm. But what, what he's saying here, you all have a gift that you're flowing in. He said that these gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given, watch it now, to every man. Amen. Doesn't say to 
to the prophet. No, it says it's given to every man, Amen. the prophet with all. So you have a gift of the Holy Spirit that you are called to flow in, whether it be a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, discerning of spirits. So all that can be grouped right into what you read in that in 1 Corinthians 14. Amen. All And tongues and interpretation, obviously, Amen. is grouped in there as well. Here's something else you need to know. Well, what if I don't have a, a psalm? What if I don't have a tongue? What if I don't have any of the things listed there? You got a testimony. Amen. So, and the Bible says in Revelation 19, I believe it is. I'm going to turn over there. It's not in my notes. I'm just flowing. In Revelation <laughs> yeah. 19, verse 10, it said, I fell at his feet, John is talking here, and I worshiped him, an angel that came and, and manifested. And he, the angel, said unto me, see that you don't do it. And I'm your fellow servant and your brethren. Time out. Angels are your fellow servant, mm. and they're also called your brother. That's another podcast. That have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. If you dig that up, it literally means the essence of prophecy. Mm. But let me say it like this. Anytime I give a testimony, here's what I'm saying to God. Do it again. Mm. Anytime I give mm. the testimony, I'm prophesying. Amen. What am I prophesying? It's about to happen again. Amen. <laughs> so this is why it's important that you bring your supply. See, because anytime I prophesy, anytime I yield to testimony, it's prophecy. I'm prophesying. I'm giving forth and I'm showing and I'm telling Amen. of the greatness of God. Amen. And I'm expecting them to do it again. Amen. This is why testimony is important. Amen. This is why testimony services are important. Amen. But you got to watch people are mic grabbers. <laughs> if you grew up around it, if you grew up in it, you know that there's that sister that's going to keep going. Like the one person that came up and said, man, the devil's been after me all week. Bless his holy name. <laughs> and of course, they were talking about they were talking about God, but, but they forgot to, to put the handle there. So we thought they were worshiping the devil. What am I saying? What, what, am, what am I saying? What I'm saying is simply this. You got something. Amen. And even if you don't have a psalm, even if you don't have a doctrine, you don't have anything like that. You've got a testimony. Amen. And that testimony is actually a prophecy. When you give forth that testimony, what you're literally saying is, God, do that again. What you're literally doing is prophesying to someone. Because if God did it once, Amen. he'll do it again. I, I got him. In other words, I got you, God. No, no, you know, he's free and he's willing to do this, obviously. But I've got him. Amen. I like to say it like that. Because if you met, if you met my knees before, you'll do it again. What am, that's why we say it. Amen. That's why we give the testimony. Why? Because he's gonna. We're prophesying Amen. that he's gonna do it again. That's what I had. Share that. that what you had, Pastor William? That last. Oh week. man, what time we got? Oh man, we 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 gotta we gotta we gotta wrap it up here. All right. Um, last thing I want to say. The scripture the scripture talks about in the book of Acts how um, uh, the people came in and they were of one heart mm. and of one soul. And uh, when I got to looking at that, you know, it's kind of it's kind of easy. It's a little bit easy anyways to come to church with one heart. All we got to do is come to church with the same purpose. Right. And I, I want to worship Jesus. We, we, we can make that happen. Not a whole lot has to take place in order for we came here today with one heart. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, but if we're going to be of one soul connection. Is, uh, is required there has to there has to be some type of connection and uh, in Ephesians 4 16 I believe it is there it talks about how Jesus both brings the body together and keeps it together by 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 the, by the joints which he supplies mm -hmm. right and so you're a joint I'm a joint we're all a joint and uh, the scripture says that Jesus is going to supply each joint 
there's, there's a grace, there's a gift that is being supplied to each one of us that brings us together and that keeps us together. And so I'm bringing a supply, you're bringing a supply. And man, when we get together, it's like, man, there's, there's something. It's like when I met you, it's like, there's, there's something. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to tell you what it is. Now it's supply. The Lord is bringing us together. And it's through that same supply that he's holding and keeping us together. And, um, and so with, with, with that being said there, we, 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 with that supply are able to stick together. And, and as one that, because Jesus is, is supplying us there. And so the, the, the next part of the verse, when, when talking about there, it says they came of one heart and of, of, of one soul. And so we know Jesus has brought them together and that he's, Jesus is there holding them together. The scripture then goes on to begin to speak about how all the needs of the people were eliminated. Mm -hmm. And then towards the end around verse four there, it talks about how all the lack was eradicated. And so all the needs are eliminated. All the lack was eradicated. When the people came together of one heart and one soul, God was able to work in a way that, that eliminate, eliminate all the need and eradicated all the lack. But it's that everybody bringing their supply. And, it, and if we'll, if we'll do that, I believe the Acts gives us, us an example of what service is supposed, supposed to look like when we gather together. And the Bible says that, and it's, it's a beautiful thing. So imagine the body is coming together. You know, I've been at services where, you know, I'm, I'm waiting my turn to, to come out, right? But the, I, I see it as all the people there coming together before the, the ministry gift ever comes up to say anything. Everybody has shown up fully supplied with what God has gifted them. And the scripture says, then the apostles, the prophet, they came out with their supply and added to the supply that was there. And there was a great power that was released. <laughs> and then the scripture also says that great grace was released upon them all. And again, all the needs were eliminated and all of the lack was eradicated. It, it, it's really easy. You know, I think when we come to a meeting like this or we go to a believers convention, it's like, my goodness, man. You can see something special that's happening, but you got to know too, man, there, there were people waiting outside an hour or two before the meeting ever started, r fully supplied. You know, they never say anything on the stage, but they brought supply they brought with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And man, it's like, it's like in the book of Acts. If all of those people have brought their supply, when the, when the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist comes out and adds his supply to the supply that is there already, great power is released. And it's no wonder, it's no surprise that all the needs are eliminated and all the lack is eradicated. When, when the supply that God has given the body shows up, meets with the supply that the Lord has given the leaders, and those two things connect, we see there right, right there clearly in the book, of, uh, the book of Acts. All of the need is eliminated and all of the lack is eradicated. And I believe that's the place that God is bringing his body back to. Amen. So I'll tag this verse in this place, Mark 6, and I'll show you what happens when you don't bring a supply. Mm. Mark chapter 6. So Jesus is coming, and he comes to his own hometown. And he said, and they said, but man, this is, this is, this is the carpenter's son. Mm. Isn't Jesus a carpenter? Isn't his brothers here? Isn't his, isn't his sisters among us? And the Bible says, what did it say? He couldn't do anything. Mm. 
And here's what it, here's what it was. Because of their unbelief. Mm. He could there do no, they didn't honor him, number one. And then they didn't bring their supply of faith. There it is. Number two. And when that happened, the powers eliminated, short-circuited. There There's is. nothing wrong with on God's end, but because we failed in the past, that's not we're not speaking that over our future. To bring our supply. It can't it can't work. It can't operate the way the Lord would have it to. Pastor William, will you pray over us as yes, we wrap sir. it up? Absolutely. Father God, we thank you for this day, this time, this ministry here. Great, great, great ministry. And we thank you for our supply. Thank we you, thank you for uh, giving us a heart to worship Father, to worship you in spirit and in truth, to bring our whole hearts, our whole souls, and all that you supply us. Father, we ask that, you know, as as participants in service and in worship, that you would help us to bring our supply, our word, our song, our testimony, our revelation, our tongue, our interpretation. And Father, we ask that, that as, we, as we do that, that we would begin to see things like we, we read about in the book of Acts. We'd see our, our, our needs eliminated, our lack eradicated we'd make it easy for the the apostle the prophet the pastor the preacher the teacher the evangelist to minister because we came ready father search our hearts oh, man give us a a new heart like the scripture talks about in Ezekiel father stir up within us and renew in us a right spirit. Remind us of the things that got us excited when we got born again in the early days, way back when. Cause those things to stir us up. And Father, give us and remind us of a testimony that's in us, reminding us that you're doing it, you're about to do it again. We heard about it before, and we're about to see it again. And so, Father, we know that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. The Lamb's blood has been shed. And so we thank you for the testimony that you've given us. Help us to be a part of helping the body to overcome. Help us to always and in every situation, bring our supply. And Father, help us to know what it truly means to worship you in spirit and in truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, listen now. You may feel like, well, I don't have that much of a supply. I don't have that much that I can give. What could I give? You know, well, well, what do I have to give? I bet you that little boy didn't think he had a lot to give that day with that multitude. When he gave his five loaves and two fishes, you put it in the hand of Jesus, and he'll multiply it. But what if what if the little boy didn't bring his supply? So bring your supply. Bring what you have. Give us a like, a, a rating of the podcast, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Google, all the different platforms. We love you so much. Thank you, Pastor William, for yes, being sir. on the podcast. We love you, everyone who's listening to the podcast so much. My name's Elijah Merle, and remember this, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world.
Thank you for listening to the Greater Than Podcast. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at murrellministries.com. That's M-U-R-R-E-L-L ministries.com. Merle Ministries International.